Section 11 of the Treatises of Benvenuto Cellini on Goldsmithing and Sculpture by Benvenuto Cellini, translated by C. R. Ashby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Treatise on Goldsmithing, Chapter 10 How to Give a Diamond Its Reflector. In order not to leave out any of the few things that I have mastered, we'll now discuss what is termed the reflector of the diamond. Footnote Specchietto. End footnote. This reflector is put beneath such diamonds as are so delicate as not to be able to stand a dark tint, such as would turn them black. If it happen that their delicacy is not great, and their water is good, it is customary to give them the tint under the step facets alone, and to combine the reflector with this, and the result is admirable. The reflector is made in this wise. You take a small piece of crystal glass, quite clean and free from cracks or flaws. You cut it into a square of the size that shall fit into the bezel in which you propose to set your diamond, and you tint your bezel with the black tint of which we spoke above. Be careful to put the said reflector, the glass of which is tinted on the lower side only, in the bottom of the bezel, low enough to admit of the diamond standing over, but not touching it, because if it does, it will not reflect well. This is how all the tenderest diamonds should be set, and beautiful they look too. Beryls and white topazes and white sapphires, white amethysts and citrine quartz, footnote, citrini, end footnote, are all set in the bezel with a reflector of this kind, if they are of a sufficiently important size. It must be borne in mind that no stones but diamonds will stand a tint at the back, because they turn black and lose their splendour. So much for the reflector. It's an extraordinary thing that the diamond, which is the most limpid and brilliant of all earthly stones, gains a thousandfold in beauty when you, as it were, soil it with a black tint, while all the other light stones, as soon as you touch them with a tint, lose their splendour and turn black. Forsooth, this is owing to some occult power, some secret of nature in the diamond which human imagination cannot penetrate. There are certain sapphires which the ingenuity of man can turn white by putting them in a crucible in which gold is to be melted. Footnote, nel quale sia dell'oro che sabbia astrugere. End footnote and if not at the first heating, then at the second or third. Indeed, your cunning gem-setter will always pick the palest sapphires, because, though they have the least colour, they are the hardest in substance. The same holds good of topazes, which are of similar hardness to sapphires, and so may be classified with them. I propose here only to touch on these two stones in so far as they have kindred qualities to the diamond. There are few, then, however great their experience, when having before them the two stones, could tell which of the two was the diamond, often being unable to distinguish them at first sight. The peculiar virtue of the diamond, however, admits of the trying of a simple experiment, by which you can at once distinguish one stone from another, and it's this. You take your tint and rub both stones with it, your true diamond grows in brilliance and beauty, the other becomes deadened and splendourless. 
and this test suffices without trying the test of hardness too but if you rubbed the two stones together you would soon find out the diamond though the sapphire is so much harder than the ruby and the emerald it is a thousand times less so than the diamond by the way i need hardly mention that it would be absurd to test a polished gem by the above method that's as much as i want to say about the diamond End of section 11